Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Nearly two decades after it began, M. Night Shyamalan finally completes the Unbreakable trilogy with the final installment, Glass. But is the finished result classic Shyamalan in the good sense or the bad sense? Along the way, you'll get spoilers for The Village, Brigsby Bear, The Happening, and After Earth. I can think of few directors with a career quite like M. Night Shyamalan, you know? Think of a, try to think of another director that came blazing onto the scene with their directorial debut, uh, and it caused quite a stir. Lots of, what's the word Tyler always likes to say? Groundswell? Groundswell. Lots of groundswell. Scuttlebutt. Lots of scuttlebutt. And then, uh, and then everyone was excited about what was going to happen next. What, what are we going to see next from this exciting young filmmaker, M. Night Shyamalan? Movie after movie. Wow, this guy's cranking him out. We're excited. He's got his own style. He's got his own voice. He's got his own visual language. Man. Yeah. And then all of a you, sudden... Are you being um, hypothetical or do you want us to answer the, the question? Well, um, let me finish the whole okay. setup. And then I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking okay. about it. Yeah, yeah I'm so wondering. Keep thinking. And then all of a sudden there's like a big uh, uh, stumble. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens wait what could have been anything <laughs> what I just did could have been anything but we'll say that it was that's not what, let's, uh, whoa whoops and then people started going huh well I mean no no and then it was like now we're spiraling downward out of control oh my god how did it get so, oh god no it's getting worse don't look at it god ew god <laughs> For years, <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, and just, then I'm associating that still with the noise you made earlier. <laughs> oh, no, no, just use your imagination. <laughs> and then one day, there's kind of like a, a trailer that comes along, and you're like, "Oh, this guy again." But you kind of think to yourself, oh, "I don't know. I mean, I guess that kind of looks more like uh, where we were in the past." I'm at this point at the visit in right, his filmography. Visit, yeah. So you go there and you're like, nope, still. I mean, I've seen worse from this guy, but no, that's still not it. The visit was a, a glimmer of his former glory. Yeah, but still, just why did he put some of that stuff heavy-handed in, in the crap department? <laughs> it was the kid rapping that did it. Yeah. And then uh, after that, a movie comes along, Split, and you think, hey, for the first time in many years, people are walking out of the theater after an M Night Shyamalan movie, going, pretty cool, mm -hmm. not so bad. Hmm. Some some low points to be sure, but. Some pretty consistent high points without the drag you through the dirt garbage that has been his collective filmography at this point. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Who who can you think of similar, similar to that? Uh, well, M. Night Shyamalan certainly was a, a visionary with his own style. Uh, he was creating very original films, and i i would I would categor categor categorize him with the likes of. Zack Snyder, who kind of came onto the scene, breaking breaking new ground and shifting paradigms. Three hundred was pretty huge. It was, yeah. yeah. It shaped mm -hmm. it shaped the way that people make movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Wes Anderson even was similar in style. Mm -hmm. People started paying attention to him after Royal Tenenbaums, thinking this dude's got his own way of making. Oh films. yeah, you're not saying the full trajectory. You're just saying like the the entrance. Well, no, probably true with Zack Snyder. He, yeah. He's really starting to lose it. Yeah, but mm -hmm. the, yeah, that's the same kind of thing where people start throwing away thrown around visionary right away just because that's like a in movie speak or in trailer speak especially yeah. that means like 
Yeah, we know what that means. We know that when we see it, we auto almost automatically know. Oh, Zack Snyder. Right. Mm. Right. The for better or for worse. They have a very the style very much their own. Even Wes Anderson as time goes by. Well, very much kind of, Wes Anderson. He's yeah. become a parody of himself in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But he still he still has a unique voice. But I think that uh, M. Night Shyamalan, when you see his films for the first time, especially Sixth Sense, The Village, Signs, you think that this guy's got something special and you're excited to see what else he can create. But mm. um, he really kind of lost his way. Mm. To say the least. And I think that this is an uh, opinion largely shared by the group. Patrick, did you agree with the assessment so far? You're on the show. Yeah, I'm on the show, and I agree with the assessment, yes. We've got Liam back on the show tonight. Bongiorno. Liam, what do you think about all this M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I agree with uh, what you said. Like, to watch him kind of hit, like, such a big high point and a crescendo and then just kind of disappear. Like, even with uh, After Earth, I don't even think he had his name on it it was because everything was an m night Shyamalan movie or people film, are right? still surprised to hear that now they yeah. go that was him yeah yeah they didn't right? they didn't say who it was directed by yeah. in any of the promos so he just like the producers didn't even want him labeled with with the picture and uh and it was still terrible but yeah so he just really disappeared and then slowly started inching his way back into things with i mean what we now are starting to see is that the comic book trilogy or that he had you know mentioned he wanted to do so long ago Tyler, what do you think? About M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. I really like M. Night Shyamalan. I've got a lot of respect for a man who can write and direct really original films. He did lose his way, though, somehow. After Earth was terrible. Mm-hmm. The Happening yeah. was terrible. He just so, ran out of ideas? But Last I think that, I think that the problem yeah. isn't so much that he's run out of ideas. I think he's run out of... Um, quality ways to execute the ideas because even the happening is a very clever concept very badly done mm -hmm. yeah i think there's something we don't understand about the happening yeah so look yeah. at it like this you've got in 99 you got the sixth sense unbreakable yeah. signs in the village which most people would argue uh, are his consistent run of quality though for i yeah. learned recently that the village was divisive i went my perception and my bubble of the village was i was a big fan of it and everyone that i was talking to at the time was really into yeah, it. Yeah, I thought the village. But was then great. I saw the recently. Great. Yeah, it's that like people hate the village and it's rotten on rotten tomatoes and things. I like thought that. the uh, lady in the water was divisive. That was certainly and obviously yeah. divisive. I don't know yeah. what the heck was going on. That was a huge upset. Too much going on that you couldn't identify with. And yeah, but yeah, I would say like the the third act I didn't like for the village, but everything up to that was I enjoyed. I just didn't like the whole. You didn't like the reveal. I didn't like the reveal. I was like, wait a minute, what? Compound people? <laughs> this is a twist. Uh, well, you have I to like write that. Down. Yeah. Oh. You have to, any, any time you enter into a conversation about M. Night Shyamalan, you have to expect that spoilers are going to be easy to achieve. This is a spoiler for every M. Night Shyamalan film. They all have twists. Mm -hmm. So be prepared. I didn't see the airbender. <laughs> Does the Airbender yeah, have a twist? I, have a twist? I didn't either. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't see that. One. I have a, an, a small anecdote about the Airbender that I think I say on the show often that the only time I see normal television is if I'm in a hotel room. I was in a hotel room once and surfing the channels and on one of the movie type networks like Stars or something like mm -hmm. that, the last Airbender was on. And I was trying to communicate to Abby how momentous the occasion was. I was like, this is on TV. You have no idea. This is one of the most hated movies in the world. 
we have to watch it for like at least 15 minutes to see if we can understand. Of it's, course, m- morbid curiosity at the yeah, very least. Yeah, at this. It's like you're flipping the channels and Faces of Death is on. Don't you want to see it for one Absolutely, second? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you recognize it. Looking for that one, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so we watch it for less than 10 minutes and it was unspeakably bad. I mean, like, you would think that you had accidentally hit like a made-for-TV religious movie. You know, like it doesn't seem like it was made by real people. Really? <laughs> it's like, yeah, the, everything about it seemed like <laughs> canned and bizarre. And that description got me. That's you know good. what I'm, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Though, real like, people didn't make this. <laughs> yeah. Just disappointing. A real to hear. This was made by someone's mom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know the whole uh, Brigsby Bear idea. Yeah. This Brigsby Bear. Mark Hamill made this for. Yeah. Kid <laughs> that was in his basement. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, t- I can totally relate to you. The hotel situation is where I saw Magic Mike too. Okay, <laughs> I was like, "You're there, <laughs> and you're alone." I said, oh, no it's one's on. gonna know. We might as well watch it. And yeah, it's all right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Which one? Was which Magic Mike has the mo- scene where the only scene I've seen from either movie where I think it's Channing Tatum goes into a gas station and starts doing. No, a sh- that's Joe. That's um. Oh, was not Matt, not Channing Matthew McConaughey. No, no, the new the um, the new uh, bad guy for the DC universe. <laughs> anyway, he goes into a gas station, starts dancing for the one lady in there. I thought it was hilarious. I just yeah. saw it. I divorced of context. Anyway, right. So you've got at least up until the village that m- a lot of people think were his super strong movies, and I remember thinking that the village, uh, there were some things that were divisive about it but in a kind of we were all talking and excited and it was good i remember since we already said some spoilers about it that some people felt a little disappointed that the monster wasn't real the movie had been marketed as if the monster was a real dangerous aspect of the movie and it turns out to be a a fraud but i thought the whole thing was interesting the acting was you had joaquin and you had bryce dallas howard that was bryce and everyone was in love with bryce dallas howard adrian brody too yeah they were all fantastic william Hurt? hurt William, William Hurt, Hurt was great. Spider Woman. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was great. Everything. And then. Uh, was Sigourney Weaver in that? She was, uh, yeah, yeah. She was one of the matriarchs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Lady in the Water comes along, and I remember thinking, like, I was just. It was almost the same feeling as um, Last Jedi for me, because I sat down in Last Jedi. It was like, you know, it's December, new Star Wars movie. It's exciting. It had not even entered my mind that it would it could possibly be bad. I'm like, this is an awesome director. It's going to be an awesome movie. And then like a few, uh, you know, a half hour into the movie, I'm like, wait a minute, is this going to be a bad movie? That's how I felt about lady in the water. Cause it was like all this excitement. This guy made another movie. That's how it, it, interesting yeah. it was to go see a new M. Right. movie it, at the time. It was weird. Cause you also have the, like Bryce Dallas Howard was in it too. And she was yep. hot off of the village. Like, Ooh, she's in it again. She's, I mean, she's really spellbinding alongside and, Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Pig vomit from private parts yeah. <laughs> private parts of the Howard Stern movie uh, one in the same <laughs> okay good <laughs> I forgot about but, <laughs> big vomit WNBC anyway sorry that's what I always think of when I think of yeah him. well the, and the trailers were interesting because I remember they marketed it specific well I have a, a really rich memory of the, the M. Night Shyamalan film, but it said a, a fairy tale by M. Night Shyamalan or yeah, an yeah. M. Night Shyamalan bedtime, bedtime story bedtime story yeah we all knew it was kids. a story he wrote for his kids or something right yeah and yeah. then you're thinking like oh okay they're deliberately telling us this is moving in a new direction but that sounds interesting this guy does mythology really well and mm-hmm. I could I could totally get on board with something in a different direction, but with that same style, mm-hmm. and it marketed it as if that were going to be the case. But mm-hmm. then the I knew that the movie was not coming back from bad, 
when they explored that character that only worked out one side Half of his, his body. body. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. I'm like, that is so dumb. Yeah. And that he would put this dumb thing in this movie. Yeah. It's such uh, a it's like, childish. I actually, yeah. I'm, I, I, I like <laughs> Lady in the Water. And I, I wait prepared, a second. I'm prepared to defend it on another podcast. Yeah. But you're, you're right. There is a weird, there is a weird juxtaposition there of childish humor alongside dark brooding horror yeah, elements. Yeah, like, where'd this come from and it's, how does this fit? It, yeah, it doesn't fit. It was so but absurd. I, I, I kind of like the mix. I still, I'm still there for, I'm yeah. there for it. Along, along, I'm Maybe I should watch it again. But even I if, haven't seen it since the theater to be me fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Even if uh. that was the one and then he came back, back to old good Shyamalan, you'd be like, yeah, he has this weird quirky one and then it would probably be even a little more endearing. He's like, this yeah. is passion yeah. project. Oh yeah, sure. and you'd go back, at, then you might re- re-explore. Sure. And uh, but, there but was even that scene where the movie critic was like, got devoured by right. a monster and you're like, all right, I'll we jump, get I'll it. jump to safety at the final second and yeah. then he doesn't. He's not a likable character anyway. You showed them M. Night Shyamalan. The <laughs> you showed those critics. That is where it started, The that is where the um, everything started crumbling for him. And yep. we started losing trust. And now we're at a point where we don't know if we can love again. Yeah, because the uh, Lady in the Water and the I brought up the whole weird arm guy because then it felt like the rest of what we got for a long time was just that arm thing where you have this weird, stupid thing right in the middle of what could be an otherwise okay movie. Like The Happening, I remember... Uh, Is that was what that was the next, next one? Yeah, The Happening was the next movie. And, and the trailer uh, for that made it look awesome. It did. Yeah, that was and the Mark Wahlberg one, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and when Zoe people Deschanel. were going to see The Happening, and it was like one of those events of stupid... Like, people couldn't stop telling me everywhere. I, when I was traveling at the time, they were like, you you cannot imagine how dumb this movie is. You have to go see it. Groundswell. Yeah, it was groundswell in negative, in the negative, like the <laughs> pejorative groundswell. And I was like, what? Can it really be that bad? I was almost like, I defy this movie to be as bad as everyone says it is. And they weren't saying like, it's not that like, it's boring. It's not that like, you, you know, it's not that kind of bad. It's just like everything about it is bad. And I was like, well, what's it about? And at some point somebody said, oh, you know, like there's a phenomenon that makes people kill themselves. It's like the same Boggart bird box premise. And I was like, how is that not cool? That sounds like a cool movie to me. Yeah. And some somehow, <coughs> because it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, if you don't see it right away, the, you know, the, it'll get spoiled it'll for get spoiled. you. Someone spoiled it for me, and that made me want to see it more. I was like, well, that sounds cool. How uh, is it not cool? That it was yeah. the environment. Yeah, yeah, like the plants had rebelled against yeah, people. Yeah, they were releasing toxins. Yeah, there's like a tall, weird guy that loved hot dogs or something. And then yeah. in the middle of the movie, he said, it's the plants. <laughs> They were in a greenhouse. Simple as that. They were in a greenhouse and they were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that concept is awesome. Yeah. Where the earth is fighting back. Yeah. And triggering in people's brains the the turning off the mechanism in people's brains for self preservation. I thought it honestly kind was Hmm. a a believable in a sci fi kind of way, a believable premise. There are weird things in nature. There are like parasites that can make ants kill themselves and things like so it's it didn't seem, I mean, it was a, a far-fetched, but not so far-fetched that it was ridiculous. It's an awesome idea. Awesome yeah. idea. And then something about it is absurd from Terrible. top to bottom. Mm. It's almost like he had these capable actors and actresses and said, like, no, do it again, but stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do it as dumb as you possibly can. I think no. that part of his, his style was that he was slow-paced, long panning shots, very underacted scenes, and he stopped being able to do that well. Mm-hmm. I know it's like he forgot. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It feels so like... It started looking cheesy, right? Like, would you say... Cause, I mean, 
that sixth sense on break like the it worked it's very patient you're at the edge of your seat oh, yeah. but then all it of felt a sudden, competent like, like a man in control of his craft right yeah and the happening felt like he knew how to do this once and he forgot yeah yeah. Yes, or like we're going to do that scene again but do it like in a ridiculous way you would never really do it that's the one right. it's like and <laughs> Mark Wahlberg just has this perpetual look of being mystified all the time and sad and whiny <laughs> yeah it's like robots acting it was almost like the room acting in an M. Night Shyamalan you know what I mean just Ouch. people talking and interacting Ouch. in ways that made no sense Hmm. So that's, then it was just some dark shade right there. That was yeah, cool dark shade. I couldn't have cared less if he did that last Airbender or not. It's like I'm not going to see this movie one way or the other, and this makes mm-hmm. no sense. And then the world, you know, just took a huge steaming dump on it. And then Tyler and Liam are the only ones who saw After Earth. Yeah, uh, I'll, f- I'll own up. I didn't even see it. Well, what? You said it was terrible. That's what they said. No, that's what <laughs> they said. Will Smith and his son. I was like, oh, this is not a good one. Because I didn't even know it was until I was like out of theaters and had a friend see it. And they were just like, yes, yeah, so they hunt these animals with this weaver's beam. And and then uh, but that's that's it. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then Will Smith dies. Like, what? He dies? Tyler has Spoilers. a huge gripe about it. Yeah, it's just low production quality. The the really it looked like he had a budget. Camera, the camera shadow so. is in one of the shots. <laughs> he said he can't take anything oh, seriously. Yeah, there's a boom mic in one of the shots. There's a crane. There's a camera on a crane, and the shadow shows up right behind Jaden. That's ah, terrible. That's embarrassing. And then, as we already said, you know, the visit starts to return to some shades of like, oh, that seems more like one of his movies because at this point he's done like uh, a pro- he adapted a property and then a. A uh, freaking sci-fi movie that didn't even have his name on it, and then you get the visit, and you're like, "Oh, that looks a little more like controlled, isolated." It felt more like Shyamalan for sure. It had honestly just like the happening, a really clever premise, yeah, and a horrifying idea behind it, and the execution was just clunky, and it was frustrating because there were parts of it that worked, and other parts. We of did it an episode on this, but horrible. I can't get over. The you know the grandpa putting all his diapers in the barn or whatever. It's like the inevitable conclusion of that is going to be a fart joke. There's no way to get around that, and it happened. You know, oh, why gosh. would they do that? Why would he put that in there? Because <laughs> exactly, the one arm got worked out, yeah. the other didn't. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> yep, we we're in theaters watching Split, and you can listen to our Split episode, which we very probably said a lot of the same things. Yeah, I don't know. I remember exactly what my reaction to Split was, other than like, "Hey, not so bad." Semi-celebratory. I thought, "Oh no, he, he might be coming back." Yeah, but like, the McAvoy was cool. <laughs> yeah, but the big reaction mm-hmm. to Split was, "Wait, this is an Unbreakable sequel." Yeah, the twist was that it was a sequel to Unbreakable the yeah. whole time. What? But even that, like we were saying, the idea of Split—if you just said, "Here's like the plot of it," it sounds so much cooler than the movie really is. Yeah, yeah, James McAvoy. is just good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James McAvoy's great. Oh, he's he actually he really and The concept good. is clever, but the execution and the PG-13 uh, elements are disappointing. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, this sounds like a bunch of lame wads, but the PG-13 thing really hampers it because it's like the the payoff of the horror of the whole thing is this man monster that eats people. Yeah. And what you see is like 
you know somebody's hands getting dragged away it's like yeah. I, I and it, you uh, honestly couldn't even really understand what was going on. is he eating them or, right. or yeah just biting them really bad <laughs> yeah yeah just like, like, that's kind of monster like he's just biting like out yeah. of their leg and someone dies like oh why, why is he really eating he's like tearing them apart yeah. a little bit with his face that's kind of an important distinction to understand <laughs> whether or not he's actually powerful or not <laughs> yeah. right how it works yeah so here we are now at, at, at movie three the trilogy is complete, and we got more PG thirteen elements. Yep, we've got uh, only a little bit of blood. He's still yeah. What did what you guys What did you guys think about Glass and the trilogy, Patrick? Uh, I saw Glass. What I thought was <laughs> when I <laughs> was watching it, I was never bored, uh, and I never like it. Never got to the point where I was not. You know, sometimes you're watching a movie, and if it starts to get bad, you start looking around the room and like. Like, oh, I've, I've lost interest for a minute. That didn't really happen in this movie, but it wasn't great. That's what audiences said mm-hmm. was they got bored. They said that it was long, drawn-out scenes with no payoff. And I thought, you've seen Shyamalan before, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's like when you see the the superhero from Unbreakable meet the supervillain of split in concept you're like yeah I want to see that but then you're like I guess I didn't really want to see that (laughs) especially in the context of a a psych ward like wait really this is this is where we're going to do this and yeah like they even brought up the hype of like a fight on top of a building like okay like why that why that and the promise of that featured so prominently in the movie is so strange to me so anyway all right this fine (laughs) Liam what'd you think of glass uh you know I also thought it was all right um I wanted more from it, um, but part of me is just like, like just I wanted more like pizzazz, like grab me, like dazzle me that much more. Like I've I've got I'm rooting for you throughout this movie, and it just doesn't like cash in. You're rooting for M Night. Yeah, I'm just like okay, these are like good kind of spots. Like they're they are fighting. Like in this age of of Marvel, you know, super duper villain, you know, hero and villain fights. Like there's these two like really strong kind of humans that are kind of superhuman, like. And I like how he shot it. it like uh, the sound effects sounded really good, and just like Bruce Willis and McAvoy g- going at it was, like, it was interesting watching them fight, especially that first time they met. Um, but uh, but then just like they fought, they fought, they fell out the window, and then all of a sudden there's just a SWAT team just waiting for him for some reason, and and then that was wait a minute, that's how they get captured right there. It's like oh, that's kind of anticlimactic, and now we wake up in a psych ward. Yeah, and that's like, the oh. rest of the movie is. Yeah. Okay. So now we have to get out of here. Like, yeah. Oh, great. I mean, it's like going to the in Last Jedi, going to the casino world. Wait, like, oh over crap! Here now? We're here now. Yeah. You know, that's why I felt like going to the psych ward. Like, uh, all right. So now we get. This is how we meet Mister Glass and find out what he's been doing all these years, which is basically <laughs> just lay there faking it. Yeah. <laughs> Biden is tired. Psych ward. Yeah. You know. Tyler, what did you think of Gloss? You just saw it today. <clears throat> yeah, that just came from the theater. Uh, Glass is very much in line with what we've been saying about M. Night Shyamalan's second half of his career, where it's a great concept and the execution just isn't quite there. I feel like he's been building his way back out, you know, where if if the happening is the the darkest part of this, this the low of the low crevasse that he's fallen into <laughs> um then we're, we're on our way out i have i have hope for the future of his filmmaking but uh glass didn't quite get there it's not not a return to form which we 
end up saying a lot about Shyamalan's films. Yeah, <clears throat> but he got us so good with that teaser at the end of Split. It was yeah. like, man, he really got us. Yeah, he got us. He got me at the end of Split. I sat up in my seat at the end of Split, and I grabbed Patrick's arm, and I said, what, what, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was very exciting. Twist! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, um, I'm... I'm proud and and um grateful that proud. this trilogy exists i'm proud of him for doing the work and grateful that he he created it he went to work good for uh him. <laughs> i think that unbreakable is a fantastic film it's like it was the antithesis to yeah to hero superhero movies before we even knew we needed it you know yeah mm-hmm. it was way ahead of its time and i think yeah. that's split didn't quite do that 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 concept justice but glass did bring in a lot of those themes of these these subtleties of human evolution and and uniqueness and ability um so there's there's elements to it that i really appreciated and Mm -hmm. i'm glad the trilogy exists but in in all class wasn't that great sure strange strange decision making fantastic concept but bizarre execution yeah yeah any thoughts as to why it took what whatever fifteen years to come out with part two of this trilogy? Well, I think sure, it was just wandering around in no man's land making bad movies and uh, stuff. Yeah, I think he just needed something to get get out of the crevasse, you know. Yeah. And I read that he actually used um, the box office gross of the visit, which he paid for himself, to then pay for split. To then pay for uh, glass, so one of the reasons that he's been able to get himself hmm. back in the game is by fronting funds for his own movies. Good for him. Yeah, that I have a it's not I have a lot of respect him. for him as a, as a filmmaker for a lot of for a lot of those reasons mm-hmm. where he's creating original content and he believes in it and he's fronting he's fronting the yeah he's showing up to do stuff yeah. doing it his way yeah the the thing about glass is kind of like. I mean, I know that uh, Unbreakable is a huge fan favorite. I saw it late, uh, a years after you know the hmm. Shyamalan stuff, and I liked it a lot when I saw it. I understood that it was a favorite among amongst fans, and when I finally did see it, I understood why. I was, and it was refreshing to oh, I remember why this guy was exciting. But mm-hmm. you saw it among the current age of superheroes. Yeah, it was during the the Valley. The Deep Valley. I think I was in a conversation with someone about how bad he had begun to suck, and they said, but how about Unbreakable? And I said, you know, that's the one I haven't seen. And they said, I'll bring it to you tomorrow. <laughs> when did you watch? It's like, oh, wait, was it the year Iron Man came out or something? Yeah, it was probably right around that. So mm-hmm. it's it's if you watch it in 2000 or 2001, it's significantly different than sure. watching it now. Before the advent of Marvel Studios and all that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So it, was, it was definitely in the, uh, when Marvel Studios had begun and was off the ground. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, you know, the significance of it and its ad- advanced place in film history was not lost on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed it, but I did not to the degree that I was like absolutely, f- you know, fuming when or uh, in a good way when Split ended. I was more like, hey, cool. What a clever way to like surprise an audience by being like he it's almost like he had to find a way to pull the rug out from people that yeah. wasn't going to be, he said, I don't want to do the same old, you know, surprise. It was a cow the whole time and, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was really clever. I didn't expect anything <laughs> like that. And you could hear people in the theater saying to each other, like half of them were 
excited and chatting, and the other half were going, "What?" Because right. a lot of people hadn't, or, had, or had frankly here? just forgotten, or right. Um, so th- I was like, "Oh, I'm okay, interesting." I like mm-hmm. Split for what it was, but it's it's interesting to connect those two ideas. I went into Glass Pure. Obviously, I hadn't seen any trailers or anything, so I had no idea what the setting was or how they were going to bring them together or what Samuel L. Jackson's character was supposed to be doing at this point. Uh Um, So I felt like when it first started, there was an interesting like a bit of score that was going on over like this crime footage, like uh, these YouTubers that were filming their own crime. Superman punch. Yeah. And that was, it was kind of like this hyper percussive score going on and kind of interesting Mm -hmm. camera work. And I was like, this is going to be cool. Mm. I, I felt like I was put in the right mood and like it really mm-hmm. set up well. And the reveal of, you know, Bruce Willis's character with that same poncho. Did, wow. I just came from it. But what did they call him? The overseer? Fixer, the overseer. The observer. No, the overseer. No, overseer. overseer. So I thought, oh, wow, that's cool. That's way to bring us back into Unbreakable mm-hmm. before we connect with these other characters that now we're yeah. closer to. It's a good reveal because even yeah. these terrible punk kids – they knew him based on his online presence. Yeah, and that made mm-hmm. sense. This is the world we live in. Yeah, it's you. And yeah. then he goes back to the, you know, the security store with his grown-up done kid. security. It was so <laughs> stupid. That scene was painful, where he was but, sitting there looking at the camera talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it was exciting to see uh, the original kid actor come back. Yeah, I haven't oh. seen him in anything since then. He's he was, like in he's Gladiator. He's been waiting for this call. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's been 18 years. I didn't think that. I thought they had no chemistry. I thought Bruce Willis is like barely there. Uh I thought that changed everything to me. The tone and everything. Every time McAvoy got on screen, it was a treat. Uh He's really doing his thing. And he even had more personalities in it. And the way that he, it must've been a really tough role because now there's like a magic light that flashes at him and makes him change personalities yeah so he's having to like keep this energy through the roof and just like flash between yeah. these take 22 oh gosh radically Which different kind of doing? people and accents and dispositions yeah. so i was like man this is a, he really found a way I, mean, I bet that was exciting for him as an actor to be like rise to that challenge right mm-hmm. he had the longest death scene yeah. he, had to, he had to cycle through half his characters to say goodbye yeah, yeah. And now he's freaking in love yeah. with Anya Taylor Joy for some reason, which yeah. seemed like the most half baked premise. Made so much sense. Hey, let's get this kid to help us wrangle the serial killer back under control. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> so we can shoot because him. she's his victim. It's yeah. just mad. Yeah. But I actually liked the idea when I when it seemed like oh we're going to be in the asylum for a long time. I was like that would be kind of subversive and interesting to like localize a lot of the story in this location. My favorite yeah. scene in the movie was. The group therapy session. Yeah, that was cool. Was a lot of like well written dialogue. Yeah, back mm-hmm. and forth. It's counter cultural to the whole superhero paradigm. Yeah, and it was it was smart. He, he was doing what he did does best by making you second guess everything that you thought you were tracking within mm-hmm. the movie, uh-huh. because she's trying to convince them that they're not real. We as the audience have at this point seen all of them do their stuff, and I was starting yeah. to go. Oh, maybe we're yeah. wrong. Like, just, but we uh, we just watched them fall out of a window together. And, yeah, and stand but did, up. <laughs> you're you're starting to think maybe they're going to tell us that we were, you know, like that yeah. that wasn't real and it was a yeah. that would that's the mm-hmm. twist at the end. They're not really superheroes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been interesting. So that was that uh, was that all was. really well done. Then when the when the credits finally rolled on glass, I just kind of looked around and said, 
that wasn't very good. It wasn't like, man, that sucked or it was stupid. I was just kind of like, man, eh, that wasn't that mm-hmm. was that was my review. That wasn't yeah. very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <sighs> what are you gonna do? Which is, yeah. it's strange. And let's talk about this because this is the, one of the most frustrating things to me is that it seems like M Night Shyamalan banked his entire big conclusion, the climax and reveal of this big trilogy, A Million Years in the Making, on not understanding how the internet works. Because <laughs> the whole premise is that like they're going to email and send out this footage of Viral, people doing man. stuff yeah. that anyone could fake. Uh-huh. And that it would go, oh, this footage is so amazing that every person, it's like the premise in sci-fi movies where it's like, oh, they've taken over the airwaves. Uh-huh. Every single person in this train station or whatever it was, bus mm-hmm. station. I think they were, they were in the new building. Oh, they were they were in that building. The train went into the building, and yeah. they were sitting in the building. Every mm-hmm. single human with a device is like, "Oh my God, look at this guy punch a thing," and mm-hmm. like that's ever happened. Right? Like that could ever in a million years happen. And you're like, like instantly be like, "Oh, it's special effects. Oh, they make movies that look just like this." I think mm-hmm. that the concept is, yeah, you have to kind of forgive it a little bit. It's like, oh, they just made this content go viral. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you mean they made it go viral? They, they released it and it went viral. That's what they were hoping for. But the you're talking about this this the twist in in Glass is that the main story here is not these three men fighting each other. The real story is the secret society that's trying to keep them under wraps. Yeah, yeah, because they and then there must be much more of them. Right, and I <clears throat> by the time that we were reaching that point where the dude is drowning Bruce Willis in a little puddle. <laughs> yep. With the lucky charms. With the, with the yeah. charm Shamrock, tattoo on yeah. his arm. And I thought, what are we doing? And then they cut to uh, her sitting in that restaurant. And I think, what are we? <laughs> yeah. what do we but when I finally figured out what, they, what was happening, I actually thought it was really cool. Unbreakable. <laughs> oh, wow, you really oh turned gosh. around. Yeah. You really got turned me. around. They turned it around on me. I thought it was really cool. I thought the concept was cool. The execution again was really bad. Why was she laying on the ground talking to him when his face is in a puddle? It was stupid. Sure. Um, she wanted him to know. Yeah, she wanted him to see. Rub it in his face. Yeah. Um, hey, just so the, we're clear, you were really. A you were really. <laughs> Let me tell the audience what they need to know. Oh. Uh, what was great. Uh, was that Unbreakable, like I said, was the antithesis of superhero films where it's like this one average ordinary guy is realizing he has abilities that were there all along and he never saw them. He needed someone like Mr. Glass to come show him. And so Mr. Glass finally had... Mr. Glass essentially won by showing the world that that superheroes exist. Yeah, but how? And so this viral footage is meant <laughs> freaking footage. This viral no footage is meant to, to somehow and I agree with you it's weak, but the viral footage is meant to show the world that superheroes do exist and that people should start looking within themselves if they are as well. Right, because they the world have probably have been following the story. There's an observer guy vigilante in that town and then Overseer. there's just multiple personality but in this serial killer cynical internet day and age no, i know i know it's like it's almost this is why i'm nitpicking it this idea to death because it's almost like the movie is saying like and then the world will know because they'll all take out their bananas and look at them and see that superheroes exist you'd be like what no that's not how reality works it's that it was that distracting to me because it's like at least 
tell me somehow that in the world of your movie, that's how viral footage works. <laughs> because what you're telling me is that it's it's our world. Right. Uh, and that's just not how that happens. We have mm-hmm. such convincing footage all over the internet of incredible stuff, and it's just all down the comments on everything. Fake, fake, fake. You know, it could be anything. Right. No right. one ever uh-huh. wants to believe anything's real. Right. So have that happen, and then have what would happen in reality fake yeah and then end on a bleak note yeah i i can forgive i can forgive that for its weakness yeah would you have liked to seen like someone like watching these viral videos and suddenly they're like you know what start flexing i could i've had these levitating abilities before (laughs) you're just like they start kind of floating a little bit like yeah it is an origin story (laughs) i can't fly i knew start asking other people have you seen me fly before i don't know look i can turn off the light with my mind you know he's uh (laughs) have i missed days because i was flying it cuts to hugh jackman looking at his knuckles and flexing and then shaking his head (laughs) (laughs) it's you're basically (laughs) describing the plot to that terrible show heroes yeah <laughs> did you ever see that no it's about ordinary people discovering that they're superheroes yeah, yeah. i get it from the title i, I didn't see it either. what here's what i didn't appreciate about the movie uh they got these characters we've been following for a long time now yep right yep. and then we finally get to see them we want to all see them face off we want to see them fight we want to see them challenge mr glass's intellect they finally face off against each other and then they die horrible puny deaths that are like so inconsequential to Anti- anything. Anticlimactic. Yeah, they drown him in a puddle. They shoot the guy that's Mr. bulletproof Glass if he's got the right personality and he just pushes Mr. Glass over. <laughs> I mean, pretty hard, I guess. Push him hard, but... Yeah. It's so lame. It's yeah, like, it lame. oh, that's it? It was lame. Yeah, it yeah was. it's definitely anticlimactic, but I'm glad that he had the courage to uh, destroy all three of them. Like, okay, this is That's over. fine. And honestly, I didn't even need them to do a big Marvel duke it out on top of the building. But uh-huh. it seemed kind of strange that the movie kept bringing it up. Uh-huh. Like, it's going to be... misdirection. Get to that thing, I guess. But then yeah. they're just out there in the yard running around like... <laughs> everyone went bananas yeah. for a second. I, know, I, was, my problem, I was thinking yeah. about that too. I think that Samuel L. Jackson's point was that he wanted the world to see them. He, he was somehow aware, sitting in this room alone, he somehow figured out there's a secret society out there sitting around in restaurants plotting against s- superheroes. Mm-hmm. I guess they're not checking their footage when he's up all night. <laughs> I know, right? Tapping on their computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, investigating that's, that's one of my big problems <laughs> with the movie. But I think that maybe Samuel L. Jackson was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to, because he's, he's just got to give in to the stereotypes of these comic books. Uh, it just was too meta at times. But he's like, yeah, we got to go fight on top of this brand new building so the world can see. And I think that the, his point wasn't just that he wanted them to fight on this building, but he wanted the world to see. And he knew that if he could just somehow quickly write this code in a throwaway scene that's 10 seconds long, <laughs> we can refer to it later. He wrote a heck of a code. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was and, a code uh, to like blow up the building. That's what I thought he was sending a virus for it to... Right, explode. But uh, no. I think right. It could have been an explosion. He virus. did that good PG thirteen <laughs> murder on the orderly. Yeah. yeah, the blood that was not there. Yeah. It took like twelve hours for it to just trickle like, down me, the side of the bed. Get this straight. He like <coughs> smashed a picture. Yeah, he stuck glass into this guy's like carotid artery or whatever in his neck. Sliced right? it. Yeah, sliced his neck, and he just like drop drop. We saw a little <laughs> blood on the glass. But yeah, I, I can't Glass. tell if, if Glass' was intent was for them to be on the building all along or just to go fight out on the lawn and have it all filmed. 
but um, either way, the the lameness of the situation was just forgiven when he, she realized it was a suicide mission. And I thought, oh, I guess that's a good concept, but poorly executed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just thought it made it. It was so unconvincing that Anya Taylor Joy's character, Mrs. Mrs. Glass, and Bruce Willis's son would end the film by being like activists and best friends. It's right. like they're all sitting there holding hands and stuff. We must yeah. show the world that they too can rise up and fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. It's like, why yeah. wouldn't she be like, I don't know, man. I mean, my son's a mass murderer. I'm not yes. really. I know. Um, she said, you were spectacular. He's a mass <laughs> murderer. It's like, and if, and if she does think he's spectacular would he, and, and he, did some horrible stuff to provoke Bruce Willis's character and like that caused him all and then his son's gonna be like let's do let's get together and help each other and then meanwhile this poor ter- girl that's just drowning in PTSD after everything that's uh-huh. happened to her she don't yeah. know where she is uh. she's living in that foster home with kids <laughs> hanging from the chandeliers and crap <laughs> <laughs> it was bananas yeah, yeah. And it was. Then they, but they're all best friends at the end yeah the uh, security in that place was bad. Terrible. I hate kept, Oh, my gosh. They kept showing us how they were putting on more cameras, but they didn't notice him getting out constantly. And here's the thing. With what, it's just those one those one guy at a time patrolling yeah. those halls. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Beast, you know, they had the thing where, which made it for great performances at Flash and McAvoy had to, like, change really quick. Yeah. Right? That was cool. I just, and at one point, he positioned the guy so that he could try to block it. I was like, why don't you yeah. just close, close your, your eyes? Close your eyes, man. Yeah. Or, or, or walk out backward. Yeah. You can overpower these people <laughs> easily. Just close your eyes, eat them, and get <laughs> the keys and go. <laughs> eat them. That's important. Because yeah, remember, <laughs> the beast eats people. <laughs> At least I know. he bites them really bad. Beast, yeah, or he chews on their leg and they die, I yeah. guess. Did anyone feel like, you know, in, the, in Split, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been since the theater, but the beast didn't really talk except for that one thing about you know like you've you're purified and suffering to the main We're character other than that he was just bars. growling and rah, 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 rah. Yeah. but in, in this movie he was like the brain gremlin and gremlins too he just talking yeah. up a storm <laughs> he wanted to talk about everything you shouldn't heal the broken yeah. one or whatever he was, was it but he was like evolving to the highest level of beastiness <laughs> in split right because <laughs> they were like surprised when he was bulletproof They're like oh it actually works because he kept eating people <laughs> trying to get to that level mm-hmm. maybe he just had to eat a couple more so he could start talking hmm Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, He's taking their powers. Yeah, they didn't so convey that. Walk out backwards. <laughs> eat them. <laughs> no, or put that. He had a pillow. He could have put a pillow over his face. Just kind of, you know, yeah, cover anything would have worked. Dealing. I mean, like if the incompetence represented by the security. Close team. your eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Lock the crazy guy, mass murderer's door. Lock his door. And he was never in restraints. No. Not okay. once. But they didn't know that he was not like. Not, not actually doped up. They thought he was doped up. Yeah, but mm-hmm. still lock his door, right? Right? It's like, he's not was so it, smart. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Was he's not so smart after all. We give him a pill. He just sits there. Yeah. Oh, you mean... Mr. Glass. Glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not talking about his, Glass. I'm yeah. talking about... Um, the Beast. Beast, James McAvoy. Yeah. Getting out. Yeah. The Legion. He was never in restraints. The Horde. Nope. The Horde, yeah. not the Horde. Legion. Horde. Legion? Yeah. Horde. Yeah, the horde, the horde, horde. He was never in restraints. Not yeah. when he was walking in. Not when he was sitting in the interrogation with the three of them alongside each other. Yeah, Bruce he- Willis was chained to a metal plate that was bolted to the ground, 
And James McAvoy was just sitting there. Yeah, he mm-hmm. eats people, remember? He should have been Hannibal Lecter in there. Like, and I didn't see if they were going to flash him if he stood I didn't up, see though. nobody get that their chain restraint. time. Nobody got chain time because in the Halloween movie, I learned that at the same asylum, they give you chain time, you know, uh-huh. where you just yeah, get yeah. latched up and yeah. look outside, yeah. look up at the sky. <laughs> chain time. <laughs> Maybe that was their problem. They yeah. just had some chain time. Hey, thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. What the heck did you think about the exciting and or disappointing conclusion of the Unbreakable trilogy, Glass? Are we being too hard on poor Mr. Shyamalan, or are we not being hard enough? Leave your thoughts, comments, and pushback on this episode at youhatemovies.com.